Welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. Today's episode will be one of our weekly devotionals. These devotionals are typically shot live uh, via Facebook and have been condensed down into an audio version for this podcast. We hope you enjoy the practical biblical teaching you will hear and that you will learn how to better apply God's truth to your life. Good morning. Welcome to the Monday morning devotional time with Pastor Daniel White. Dad? Morning, everyone. Morning. Uh, Give some time for folks to jump online here. Looks like we have a beautiful day in store for us today. I'll tell you, I'm a little bit sad today. Mm. Why is that? We went through that whole series on joy. Yeah. I'll tell you, I still have the joy of the Lord in my heart, but it's sad because today I'm starting to pack up my office and move to our new office. Uh, which is uh, much, much smaller, not near as nice as the office that I presently have. And um, being in my office all these years and uh, meeting with the Lord there, and uh, hmm. it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, a lot of memories. A lot of memories. A lot of wonderful times with the Lord. A lot of messages were prepared in that office. A lot of counseling. Before it was your office, it was uh, our room. Yeah. So there was also a lot of shenanigans that went on in there. <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot of bad memories. A lot of shenanigans happened in that room when we were teenagers growing up. Yeah, it used to be my office was in the basement, and then we moved it from the basement up into uh, where it is now, which yeah. is your bedroom. It used yeah. to be a garage. Yeah. When we first moved when in. We first moved in, and then we turned into bedroom for the boys. And, uh, I remember um, when we were working and building the church, we would have all the teen guys come over to our house and we'd spend the night. And uh, this is when we were building the church. And we would set up a sheet. We'd put take a sheet. Somebody had given us a projector. Oh, so yeah. we'd take the sheet yeah. and we'd put it up. And we would... Uh, a fellow put... by the name of Dwayne Gant. Yeah. We just saw him at really? Mrs. Um, Dungy's funeral. Really? I haven't seen him for years. <laughs> we put up that big sheet and we played Nintendo 64 um, pretty much all night. <laughs> GoldenEye. Classic. One of the first uh, first person shooter games. We'd play GoldenEye and then we'd get like one hour of sleep and then have to get up and go work at the church all day. So that's, that's some of my memories from there. There you go. So anyway, uh, we're putting that era of our life behind us and moving forward to the things which are before. And and we're just so thankful. We have the joy of the Lord in our hearts, so thankful that he has provided another place for us to live and to conduct our ministry through. So um, we started on Friday dealing with the subject on uh, knowing the will of God for your life. And I think we all came to uh, the agreement that knowing God's will for your life is like uh, priority number one, right? Uh, and so what are some of the things that uh, we need to do to discover God's will for our lives? I touched on that again yesterday, and we'll come back to look at some of those principles later this week. But let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, we'll read this passage of scripture. This is the text that we're launching off from. Uh, Ben will lead us in a word of prayer, and we'll get right into our devotional time this morning. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's begin with verse uh, 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Be wise people, 
redeeming the time. Make the most of the time that the Lord has given you. Don't waste your time because the days are evil. And we can say amen to that. Now verse 17, wherefore be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, I don't believe the Lord would tell us to do something that would be impossible for us to do. Mm. I mean, that, that makes no sense at all. But I think that a lot of people think that knowing God's will is an impossible thing. Mm. Uh, but it's not. There's some simple principles of Scripture that we can follow uh, that will lead us and guide us into God's perfect will for our life. Remember, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it is good, acceptable, and perfect. So the question I'll propose to you as we begin today is, do you know God's will for your life, and are you living in the center of his will? If not, then through this series, let's get there. So Ben, pray for us. Dear Lord, just uh, thank you once again for giving us the opportunity to be here together, and uh, Lord, I pray that you just show us some truth about how to understand and discern your will. In Christ's name, amen. All right, let's go back and talk just a little bit uh, for those who may not have been here with us on Friday or may have forgotten some of the uh, teaching that we gave. Uh, we ask a question, does God have a will for our lives? The obvious answer to that is what? Yes, he does. Does God call a person to an occupation or a marriage or a college or a church or to live in a certain place as he would call a man into the ministry? We said, yes, God does have a particular calling for our life, and we're going to look at the call of God here today. Does God have a purpose for my life? Well, obviously, the answer to that is yes. We are the called according to his purpose. And then we looked at what the phrase, the will of God, means, and we saw that that word will is the word Thelma, which was my wife's, my wife's, was my uh, mother's uh, name, and this is what it means. It means that which is willed, a deliberate design, that which is purposed, desire. So the will of God is his deliberate design and desire and purpose for your life and mine. Mm. <coughs> Remember we were in Romans chapter 2, verse 17 through verse 24, and Paul was writing to the church at Rome. He said, you know the will of God. You've been instructed in the law of God. You're able to instruct others. You're able to tell others what they should and should not do. He said, but you're not living out the will of God in your life. So you are committing, remember that word sacrilege. You are dishonoring God. And the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because you're not living out the will of God in your life. And so it's so important for us as Christians, not only to know God's will, but to live it out. And I think we could say that many times we know more of what we should do than we are doing. Now today I want to look at three reasons of why God may not reveal his will to us. Mm. Is it possible that God may be withholding the knowledge of his will because we're not in the right place to receive it. Hmm. Think about that as we talk about these three uh, truths. First of all, I believe the one reason we do not uh, know the will of God for our lives is because we are failing to respond to the call of God. The Bible says that God's call goes out to all men. The Bible says we are called to salvation, number one. 
We are called, after we answer that call, we are called to the call of separation. We are called to the call of sanctification, and we are called to the call of surrender or submission. So these three calls go out from the Lord. He's calling us to do this. And if we don't respond to the Lord according to these calls, then he's not free to continue to unfold his will to us. So you may remember yesterday when I was preaching, I looked at 20 principles of discerning the will of God. The last one we saw was salvation. That's where it really all begins, right? He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, that they would answer the call of God in salvation. Do you remember when God's call for salvation went out to you? I remember when it went out to me and I responded to it. I was five years of age. I can remember it very distinctly, God's call of salvation. Ben, you can give your testimony of when God called you by the gospel. The Bible said in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, who hath saved us, who have saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. So he called us to receive him and to trust him as our Lord and as our personal Savior. Remember that tug in the heart. Remember the conviction that came. Uh, some of you walked the aisle and surrendered to the Lord, or some of you had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone, and just the Spirit of God drew you to a saving knowledge of the Lord, and you responded. You accepted that call. The Bible said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, whereunto he called you by our gospel. So when the gospel goes out, that is God's call to salvation. Now, Ben, who does that go out to? All that hear. Whosoever will. Yeah. He is not willing, willing. Remember, we're talking about discovering God's will for your life. He is not willing that any should perish. So that's the first call that someone needs to answer in order to discover God's purpose for their life. Call number two is the call of separation. This is a call that many Christians do not want to answer. Uh, I remember when I grew up, uh, we watched the Flintstones. And I remember Fred Flintstone in the uh, uh, vehicle that he was driving, the Flintstone Mobile, how he would use his feet as brakes. And I think that when we hear the call of, se call of um, separation go out, a lot of times we put on the brakes. Um, Churches that preach on separation are churches that really do not fit into the contemporary uh, model. Uh, why? Because people really don't want to hear about separation. I'll never forget one man saying to me, uh, they were attending our church, and so we were talking to them about their attendance and if God would have them to be at fellowship and and he, he said to me, I hear that you are a separatist. Now, I had never, to that time, had anyone ever call me a separatist. I said, well, if you believe that I should separate from things that are unclean and are displeasing to the Lord, yes, I guess you would call me a separatist because the Bible calls us to separate ourselves. Later on, as time went on, I had conversation with this man again, and he said, you know, I just... I, I am not a fundamentalist. I, I can no longer attend your church. And it really all had to do with this area of separation. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye 
separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And so there are things that God clearly says are unclean. They're sinful, wicked, and evil things, and we are not to touch those things. Because if I am clean and I touch something that's unclean, that unclean thing does not become clean, I become unclean. That's the principle of Scripture. Ezra chapter 10 and verse 11 says, Now therefore make confession, Ezra the priest, to God's people, therefore make confession unto the Lord God of your fathers and do his pleasure. And then he states what God's pleasure is and separate yourselves from the people of the land. There are certain people that we need to separate ourselves from simply because of the influence that they have upon our lives. Jesus loved sinners, and yet at the same time, he was separate from sinners. He reached out to meet their needs, but he did not participate in their evil and wicked deeds. I want to turn to uh, 2 Peter, if you still have your Bible. Uh, turn to 2 Peter with me. Verse 3 through verse 10, and our time is going so quickly, it's already a, a quarter after here, so I'm not going to take time to read uh, this whole passage here. You can do that on your own, but really verse 3 through verse 11, and, and he says this, And besides this, give all diligence, give all diligence to add to your faith, the very next one is virtue. So after we're saved, God desires us to have virtue in our lives. We cannot have virtue unless we separate ourselves from the unclean thing. So virtue means moral excellence. Then the next one he says is knowledge. Here he's talking about a knowledge of God's word. If we get knowledge before virtue, then we'll become puffed up. So we add to our faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control. All sin stems from a lack of self-control. Then he says patience, which is endurance, godliness, which is Christ-likeness, brotherly kindness, which is having compassion on others, and love, which is the bond of perfection. He said, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. So when it comes to knowing the will of God, first of all, we have to answer the call of salvation. Second, we have to answer the call of separation. The third call goes along with that. It's the call of sanctification. Sanctification, to be sanctified. Uh, there in the church, we call it the sanctuary. Why? Because it's been set apart for the worship of God. It's a sacred place. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, verse 1 through verse 8. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us, how you ought to walk and to please God, to please God, our purpose in life, so you would abound more and more. So we can please God more and more with our lives if we do this. For ye know the commandment which we gave you of the Lord Jesus, for this is the will of God. This is the will of God. Salvation is the will of God. Separation is the will of God. Sanctification is the will of God. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication or sexual immorality, which is so prevalent today, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel or his body in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, 
even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called, called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. The call of sanctification, the call of holiness. Be holy for I am holy. Now we're always pursuing that. We're always growing in sanctification. But we will never know God. He makes it so clear. We will never know his will for our lives. And that will will not be unfolded to us until we answer the call of sanctification. Oh, so much more I want to say there. Uh, and then the last thing I want to share with you here this morning is the call of surrender or submission. The call of salvation, the call of separation, the call of sanctification, and now the call of submission. James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. We are called to submit to God and to resist the devil. And when we do that, he will flee from us. So let me encourage you just to seek to fulfill God's will for your life as you answer the call, the four calls, the calls of salvation, of separation, of sanctification, and then of surrender. Listen to Isaiah chapter 28, verse 9 and 10. Whom shall he teach knowledge? We would say, who's going to know his will? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine, his teachings? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. What is God talking about? He's talking about growing from spiritual infancy to adulthood, being weaned from the milk of the word and starting to uh, devour the meat of God's word. And this is how God does it. Here a little, there a little. So as the Lord unfolds his will to you, step out by faith and obey the Lord in that area. And he will continue uh, to show you his will. Uh, the song, I Surrender All, we sing it often. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender, humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken, take me Jesus, take me now. All to Jesus I surrender, make me save your holy line. Let me feel the Holy Spirit, truly know that thou art mine. All to Jesus I surrender, Lord I give myself to thee. Fill me with thy love and power, let thy blessing fall on me. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. As we go through that passage there in Second Peter, the Bible said if we would just do that, if we would just surrender, we would be fruitful. We would have the assurance of our salvation. We will never fall. And then it says this in verse 11, an abundant entrance will be measured out to us in the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's like they're here. Mm. They're here. Um, so 
Let's go back. The call of salvation, the call of separation, the call of sanctification, and the call of surrender. Have you answered the call of God for your life? Let's go back to that first one. If you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you submit to the gospel today? Would you invite him to come into your heart and into your life? Would you repent of your sin and believe in him as your Savior and Lord? As you do that, you begin a wonderful life of God unfolding his plan and purpose for you. Thank you for listening here today, Ben. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us some uh, thoughts that you have as we worked our way through that. Well, it's just um, a lot of things there. Yeah, I, I remember uh, doing a series back when I first started serving at the church with the teen guys on the will of God. And um, as I was studying through it, it really had a huge impact on my life. And um, uh, through that study, uh, I came to realize and, and through being taught that there's really three big elements of God's will. You know, we try to uh, make it into a lot, but there's really three main elements. One, you have God's written will. So that would be anything in the scriptures. Uh, we don't have to pray about whether to murder somebody because the Bible says, you know, not to murder people. So we don't have to pray, God, is it my, your will for me to do this? No, it's not. We don't have to pray, God, should I commit adultery? No, God says, thou shalt not commit adultery. So therefore we know this is God's will for me not to do this. Mm -hmm. We know it's God's will for me to be a faithful spouse because that's what God's word says. So when God's written will is in his scriptures, we don't have to pray about whether to do those things or not. Usually where we get hung up is in what's called God's personal will. So that would be like your occupation. Should I move here? Should I take this job? Should I do these things? That's where we get hung up. So you have God's written will. You have God's personal will. And then you have God's sovereign will. Let's go back will. to that personal will. Okay. Okay. That's what we're going to be dealing with, I believe, on Wednesday. Okay. Okay? And that's really going back to Sunday's message on the 20 ways to discern God's personal will. And I had, uh, I really appreciate your comments. Thank you for uh, texting me and letting me know that God has really used that in your life. Uh, one uh, young man has some real important decisions, life-changing decisions mm. to make. And he said, man, I wrote down every single one of those, and I'm going to follow through with that because I don't want to make a mistake. Mm. I said, praise the Lord for that. That's awesome. Yeah, go ahead. So you have God's written will, you have God's personal will, and then you have God's sovereign will. And that's something that we just don't have any control over. God is going to do what he's going to do globally in this world. Um, kings will rise. Uh, kingdoms will fall according to God's sovereign will. We don't know when God's coming back. Nothing we're going to do can change that. So that's God's sovereign will. Um, like the coronavirus. Like the coronavirus. <laughs> That's God's sovereign will. Right? I've heard even our political leaders say, we can't figure this out. They're trying, aren't they? They're trying desperately to figure it out and what's going to happen in all their models. Have you noticed that every model they put out there has been wrong? Mm. Yeah. Right? They're, they're, they're just, the experts. They're just guessing. Yeah. Um, but God knows. He has it all in his control. And I think a lot of you right now, you know, through this whole coronavirus thing, are really uh, becoming tender to God's will. Amen. Uh, especially those of you who have lost your jobs, you know, and you're wondering really what the future holds. Um, what a great time that the Lord has given us to really seek Him. Yes. Uh, in this area of what is His will for my life. The big takeaway I took from that series was if we read 
and study and follow God's written will, God's personal will usually naturally just follows. Because it falls into place. It just kind of falls into place. I and think that's that line up online, here a little, there a little. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. You just take one step in God's will and then the next step is right there. Yeah, and I think a big question that we have to wrestle with is, you know, you have these problems or these questions and all these things and it's you ask, how much time are you actually spending reading God's word and praying? And you're like, oh, well, it can't be that simple. You know, like, is there a book out there? And I'm, I'm all for reading books and getting knowledge. I'm, I'm all for that. I, I've learned a ton of incredible stuff. But how much time do you spend actually reading the Bible and actually spending time praying? Mm. And then a lot of people are just like, it just can't be that simple, but it is. And, and I know it sounds oversimplistic to just spend that time truly seeking the scriptures, truly reading through it, trying to understand it yeah. and praying. And it just sounds too simple, but that's really, it really is that simplistic. You, I, you take anybody that's having major struggles in their life and, and ask them, how much time are you personally spending reading God's word and spending time in prayer? And it's usually very little to none. One of my instructors in college, um, Dr. Wooster, who's gone to be with the Lord a long time ago now, uh, said to us young men that were preparing for the ministry, he said, you know, he said, uh, I just made it a principle that I would never counsel anyone who was not in church faithfully. Hmm. You come to church faithfully, I will be glad to counsel you. But he said that some of the best counsel you will get is your own personal time with the Lord and the sitting under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Now, I haven't always followed that, so I've wasted a lot of time counseling folks who, for whatever reason, uh, just wanted someone to dump on. Mm. But um, I don't know where I was going to go with that, but yeah. it, just, it just came into my mind. Well, if you truly want help, if you truly want to discern God's will, and you're willing to put in the time, study God's word, read God's <sighs> word, meditate on it, pray, and I would even throw fasting into that, a discipline that's talked about all throughout the scriptures that we very rarely practice. Read God's word, pray and fast, and I guarantee you that will clear up a lot of confusion, a lot of direction and all of those things if we truly spent time reading God's word, praying and fasting. Solomon ends the book of Ecclesiastes, his wanderings away from God. He said, fear God mm. and keep his commandments mm. for this is the whole duty of man. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for giving us the time to be here. And I pray that you will just help each and every one of us to become more faithful in studying our Bibles, in reading it, meditating on it, and spending time in prayer. And I say that as a guilty party of not spending the time I need to. And Lord, I ask your forgiveness for that and just help me to develop my time with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Answer the call of God. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Love you guys. Uh, Wednesday morning, we'll have our next session. Pastor Billy Walsh will be preaching for us Wednesday evening. Looking forward to that. And I'm going to let him know if he could just give us a little bit of an update before he preaches on what's going on with his life. For some of you that might not uh, know 
Billy that well, and he can give us an update on what's going on with his life, his future plans, how God has led him to this next church before he gets in. That's something I would enjoy hearing. And uh, so that's going to be this Wednesday, and looking forward to that. So we will see you guys there. Do we have a few with us here? We have lots of people on. We have, yeah, we have uh, Eli Westheimer, we have uh, Mary Sears, um, Charla Vincent. Let's see, Jennifer Walsh, Doug Raby. Jenny Jones. Doug, I don't think you were online last night. Uh-oh. I did not see your name you pop didn't, up. You didn't say anything sassy? No. <laughs> He's getting better. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, Sandra, we have. Ella. Uh, oh, quite a few. Yep, lots of people. So great to have you guys all with us, and we look forward to seeing you again this Wednesday. Have a great day. Bye. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.